0: Welcome, everybody, to a brand new year of Voices of Experience. I'm your host, Michael Hoffman. Every month, VOE has the charge to bring you ideas, tips, and techniques that grow your business and rock your platform. And what better topic to begin our year with than growing your business? This month, we'll take an eclectic barrage of ideas from people that are using these ideas themselves and lay them at your feet. They are meant to inspire, ignite, and get you to ask the question once again this month, What about me? Can I use this? Should I focus on this? Do I need this? I've gathered some of our friends to tap into what they're doing on purpose to do just that. It's 2015, y'all, a brand new year. Welcome to Voices of Experience. Over the last couple of months, I've asked you to send me your ideas, tips, and techniques to grow your business and rock your platform. Here is a quick compilation of what the meeting maximizer, Jolene Jang, captured at some of the latest NSA events and what you sent. Consider this like you're sitting around a cup of coffee with your speaker buddies and you ask the question, so what's working for you? Let's start off by hearing from Chip Eichelberg.
1: I'm here with Chip. He's going to give us one marketing tip or tool.
2: Hey, fantastic, just got out of Steve Gilliland's um, breakout session, and I get a lot of calls for holds, but I have them cataloged over the years, but I really haven't had a, a coherent strategy what to do with those. So he has a strategy where you're consistently creating a card, and it says, it's time to book Chip this year, because you were on the short list for their event, but they didn't book you. So I have a consistent system and a strategy to send that out well in advance of them making another decision. So just making consistent impressions, doing something different, but stay in touch with people. All already like you, but they haven't booked you, that's a hot lead.
1: Okay, And when you say card, you're saying like a tangible?
2: Physical postcard. I mean, uh, the emails are going to get lost, but send out a a physical, tangible postcard. Cool. Maybe have a clock on it or a sand dial that says, you know, it's time to book Chip this year kind of thing. Um, I'm going to consistently do that. That's a great idea.
3: Okay. Hi, I'm here with Liz Goodgold. So tell me about
4: a marketing tool that you use.
1: One of my favorite tools is really, really simple. It's an appointment reminder. So it's called A-P-P-T-O-T-O, and the thing that I love about it is it automatically sends your client a reminder when the appointment is booked, 24 hours before the appointment, and one hour before the appointment. And all of a sudden, all my missed appointments evaporated. Gone. It integrates into Google. It integrates into Outlook. So you pick the program and the guarantee you will no longer have the problem of missed appointments. I love it. Thank you. You're that is great. Yeah.
5: Let's hear
0: from Jim Cathcart.
5: Be the kind of professional your clients are hoping you will be. One thing I did years ago was I kept a list of all the requests and all the uh, caveats, the cautions that I got from my clients. Here's what we want you to do for sure. Here's what we want you to definitely not do. And so I made a document, a one-pager, that I call, here's what I'll do when I speak for you. Here's what I'll do in preparation. Here's what I'll do upon arrival. Here's what I'll do during my speech. Here's what I'll do after my speech. Here's what I'll do when I get back home. And I told them not only what I would do, but also what I'd be sure not to do. Like I wouldn't turn my speech into a sales pitch. I wouldn't uh, take up all the air in the room and use all the support team's time when they needed to be attending to other people. that sort of thing. And I've sent that out to clients in advance of a speaking engagement, and they love it. When they take the time to read it, they say, wow, this is what we were hoping for. And so it it just seems a simple way of reassuring people that I will be the kind of professional they were hoping I
6: would be.
3: (laughs) I am Jillian, the conference reporter, and I'm here with Mark. How do you keep it fresh, and how do you keep innovating?
6: Well, part of it's through NSA. I look to
7: collaborate with people that are outside of my core industry. And I find when I do that, that gives me ideas for my industry. And when I'm learning, I'm also growing. So that really helps a lot as well. And that allows me to get ideas to innovate with different ways to reach my audience, different ways I can market, different ways that I can um, appeal to my core audience as well through looking at different industries and
4: different
8: competencies. Hi, this is Katrina Sawa with jumpstartyourmarketing.com and I have a quick tip for you speakers out there from the stage uh, in order to get people on your email list. One of the things I see people missing out on all the time when they speak is they don't try to get people on an email list. You might do a text message offer. Maybe you make a sales pitch in your talk, which is great, but why not try to capture everybody else onto your email list so that you can continue marketing to them and following up with them later. One time I gave a 15-minute talk on somebody else's stage and I was talking about the topic of follow-up, which is one of the key things I speak about, and I offered a free teleclass for everybody in the room the following week, and, then, and out of 80 people, everybody except two people Ran to the back of the room to sign up for it. I didn't have a big time, to, a lot of time to tell them about my follow up or even make a pitch, but I did when I pulled them onto the teleclass and I took charge of those people and I got them on the list. So something to think about it when you're giving your talk.
9: Hi, Mark Pittman from fundraisingcoach.com and the nonprofitacademy.com here with a quick tip for speakers on how to raise your income and help other conference organizers at the same time. I call it the Conference Rescue Package when I have a a, a hole in my schedule or a a hole in my cash flow, I look at organizations that are doing conferences in the next six to eight weeks in my field. For me, it's nonprofit leadership and fundraising. And I call the conference organizer and I say, I've organized a lot of conferences myself. I know speakers fall out at the worst times and usually it's right in this window. I'm a public speaker, professional speaker. I get invited back to the conferences I talk at. If you have any holes, I'd be open to exploring filling those with you. And so we look at the different sessions that may be open. If any match my setting, we talk about the details, what their, their audience is like. And then when we talk about funding, I always say travel uh, isn't given. And then I say that what my fee normally is, and so but because I'm trying to help, What I'd like to do is uh, I could offer you a special, and then I adjust it to whatever I feel is appropriate. And as a good fundraiser, I sit there quietly and let them respond. Uh, Not everybody takes you up on this offer. Not everybody's looking for this, but some of my biggest clients that have stayed with me over the years were started because I did the conference rescue call with them.
0: Let's go out to the field and hear from Jatin Das Kupa, Hey everybody, I'm Jensen Dask, i founder of Pro Speaker Content. I'm here at the beautiful
10: Tuomo in Milano, Italy. I just wanted to share with everybody that I'm out here on a European tour working with the world's greatest global innovators and I'm capturing content while I'm out on the road. I want to make sure that everybody out there knows how important it is that when you are traveling that you capture and you share your messages with your audiences. This is very important for Pro Speaker Content and all of our speakers and I can't wait to get back home and share
11: all our content.
0: Here's some great platform advice from Jim Pancero. Ever run out
12: of time before you ran out of material of what you wanted to cover in one of your speeches? The reality of us as professional speakers and all the different time environments and the different content we need to cover and what we talk about to our audiences, you're going to have a challenge of how you stay on time. It's one of the biggest challenges I find in our professional speaking business. Two things that might help. The one is I organize my talks like I learned computer programming, thinking about subroutines. So I might think of a major category of topic that I want to cover, like how to increase your sales where the points underneath that I know exactly what I'm going to cover even what stories I'm going to tell so I don't need to have detailed notes on that what I need to do is organize my major concepts and then time it out so I can finish the content and at end at the same time I'm supposed to end and both have a meet at the end one of the things that's worked, in fact, I learned this from a mentor of mine and also a friend, Joe Charbonneau, CPAE, from Dallas, Texas, 30-some years ago when I was first starting in the speaking business. I got to attend one of his seminars and I was so impressed about how he controlled the time and how he knew where he was in the program. This is something I learned from him where you have your timing marks on the left-hand side and how much you want to spend on each of your major points and then some kind of key idea or visual to remind you where you are. Now, even if I'm giving a 45 minute speech, I'll take a sheet like this and just drop it on the floor of the stage so I can look down and be able to glance and see where I am, know that I'm on time without the audience even realizing it. If I'm doing a seminar, I'll have one or two of those pages in the workbook. So even though we're covering a whole section, I don't have to turn the page individually to work them through this section because I have everything on those two pages. The idea is if you organize your time and you think in subroutines, no matter what the time Frames are how you need to organize. You'll end on time and you'll cover all the contents you need. All
3: right, here I'm with Morris Morrison, and uh, you're relatively new to NSA in the last three years, yeah. um, but you you know the spirit of NSA. Tell us about your experience.
13: My experience is really simple. I'm a, I'm a newer speaker. I'm a keynote speaker, and when you come to a place where legends of the industry are here, it it can seem very daunting. However, NSA is so different than any other organization because, Jolene, I came to Indianapolis and I went to Philly, and I committed to being here this year simply because I've never seen an organization of professionals where people were so willing to share not only their knowledge or expertise, but I actually have people who reach out to me during the year and they simply ask one question. They say, Morris, how are you doing? And then, of course, I probably lie like everyone else and say, I'm doing great. I did like a million gigs last month. I'm just joking. But they can tell when you need help. And um, that's the best thing about this industry. So for anyone out there who wants to be just a better professional, Use your professional industry as a way to get knowledge, but if you want to be a better speaker, presenter, develop your content, you use NSA. All you have to do is just come and show up and commit this block of time on your schedule every year and just willingly participate and your life will change and then you'll be in position to change the lives of others.
1: Good. Hi. We're I'm Julie, the conference reporter. We are here at the San Diego NSA convention.
3: I'm here with Stan Walters. Stan, you've been in NSA for how many years? I've
6: been, been a member for 14 years.
3: So you probably fully embrace the spirit of NSA. Tell us what that means.
6: It's, it's giving back. It's, it's not only giving to our audiences, but giving to the whole concept of how we as speakers jointly what we have to offer to people. If our voices stop, then those folks don't have the information they need to enrich their lives, their businesses, or their companies to grow. And for me, it's the giving back. What I like about NSA is that I've been able to volunteer, not only on the local level, but with a national level and it's, it's an unfair advantage. The folks that volunteer, we get more out of it than we're able to give. So it's it's really unfair, and I, I love the, the part of being with my fellow speakers and growing from their experiences and learning from them, and then giving back to this industry that means so much that we're the voices of, of quality and of character and of, of freedom and within our country, and we can't let that stop. We've got to keep the message going, that there is, there's growth, there's potential in everyone that we touch every day that exponential grows each time we talk. Love that aspect of the, of the NSA and what Cabot meant by that larger piece of the pie.
1: It only gets
8: better.
6: Oh, it always gets better. Each year I'm looking forward. I want three things every year. I want my truck, I want my University of Kentucky football tickets, and I want my NSA convention. They can have everything else. As long as I've got those three things, I'm happy for the year.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Dan.
0: When it comes to growing your business, let me ask you a question, what's your movement? Why does connecting to a movement versus just having something to say make a difference in your business success? We return to CSP CPAE Tom Winninger to give us insights as to why a movement not only gives focus and purpose to your speaking, but how to draft and create your message to impact that movement.
14: The thing that made me famous was not me, it was Walmart opening in every town in America. That's what made me famous. Because then I realized that my movement was Saving Main Street America, and the minute I locked into Saving Main Street America, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce came along and liked it, then it's not about me speaking on sales or marketing or merchandising. It's about me helping that little bitty guy in that town that's being overwhelmed with the fact that there's a bunch of box stores opening in town and he could easily go out of business. And that's when the plane trip started, and that's when the book got sponsored, Saving Main Street America. And as I look back in my career, even though that kind of happened in nose, you know, things come to us. If you're active and your net is relatively wide, you catch stuff and it wakes you up that there's a fish in here that's a little bit different than the other fish. And why is that fish different and what makes it different? I was spreading pretty wide, and all of a sudden it came to me that, that the press was saying Main Street America is going away. And the reason, i.e., it's going away is because box stores are opening in small town America and they don't know how to compete. And so we, we chased that, so to speak. I, I, I was able to access research and statistics and AP that would tell me where box stores were opening. And we would contact Chambers of Commerce and we would contact the retail groups in those towns. Now, I was already speaking before this happened. Mm-hmm. But I say to a speaker, what's your movement you're attached to? Right.
0: And that was the movement that rose. That was the that movement that
14: drove the first third of my career.
0: So find that movement that make people say, "I'm behind you." I love that image of the Chamber of Commerce getting behind it. Right. And that, that's
14: how you can really get you what for you're the doing. Chamber. The movement. The right. chamber's not going to fund you. No, but manufacturers who want survivors in small towns selling their hardware and their nuts and their bolts and their those are the ones that paid my fees to go to these towns, because they had. Huge territorial investments in making sure that that retail guy, that shoe store, the american retail shoe retailers association, continued to stay open in the midst of this. so that that that's where the contract sponsorships came from. The lawnmower guys. I mean, it was you know I was everybody's outdoor power equipment tool, you know.
0: How do I find a movement? Is it just something that I say, what do I want to hang around? What do I want to be around? I mean, how do I go about saying, you know what, I get it. I really get it. I can see the synergy in areas of companies, organizations. They, they, we all want to be a part of something. How do I find mine?
14: That's a great question. So let's say hypothetically I speak on leadership and thousands of people speak on leadership. What I want to do is I want to do a search to find where the voids in leadership are and are they collective in nature? So in other words, I Google leadership subjects. I Google problems. I read Harvard Review. I read all the press I can. Anybody talking about leadership, and I want to see where it's at. Where is the gap most deeply felt? And what are the two points? From where they're at to where they need to go. That's the movement. The movement is from where they're at to where they need to go. So in other words, uh, leadership might be in education. Okay, so the movement is, I'll give you a movement for education. Am I teaching kids or preparing kids for life? The movement is to build leadership into education so we're preparing kids for life. That's a movement. (laughs) We're building our future. We're building our future. That's a movement. It's a movement. Two points in the gap, okay? But you have to research the gap. You have to be reading all the time. You know, it was easy when there wasn't Google. I hate to say this because we had periodical literature and those subjects were in magazines and you could go to the magazine and you could clip it out by industry now when you google you don't know what you're getting your searches are are informational sites that aren't informational sites are now sales sites so how many times do i google something today and i have to throw out fifty percent of what i come across because it's somebody pitching uh... content but it's not content it's a sales piece and it's directed to their benefit it's not directed to education or learning or wherever so I really find that it takes more time today to find these gaps.
0: Well, there's always Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, that's, there you go. There you go. That's the standard.
14: Yeah. <laughs> but that's, again, not people who don't so, know are contributing to helping other people know who don't know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wikipedia. That's a wiki. <laughs> Wikipedia. That's I go, a, now, who wrote this? Who wrote, I mean. wrote this on <laughs> Aristotle? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's movements in everything, there's movements in everything safe home America. I mean, everybody could find a movement in what they do. And then the beauty of that is, why not contribute some of what you're doing to a foundation that's committed to that? You know, I'm working with a guy here recently, and he's gone through a tough time in his life, and he's fallen down. And and we came up with this theme, how to get up when you've fallen down. And so we're going to start a little foundation on how to get up when you've fallen down. And so part of every one of his fees is going to go help save another person who's fallen down who needs to get up. Mm. He's the most famous at what he does, and he's fallen down so deeply that he called me on the phone and he said, I can't get up. Mm. I said, there's your title. Getting Up When You're Down. That's his title, Getting Up When You're Down. And we start with the same thing. We put five challenge statements at the top. We come up with the title, Getting Up When You're Down. We put a 24-word description below it, and then we come with his eight presentation points. And then we put it together in a flyer, design it so it knocks your socks off, and we send it out to five or six hundred meeting planners and see what the response is. Bam! He gets 10 responses, he's got something going. You don't need 10. Yeah. And then you call him on the phone, you do research. Why were you attracted to the subject? How would you apply it in your group? What are the challenges to get your people down? You know, all of a sudden we're using those 10 to do research, not just to book another event. I think that's a really good point, because I've experienced this. I'm shifting, and you just gave a template as
0: to, you know, here's our, our message, 24 words, eight points, which are my targets and the things that I talk about, you know, my speech right. whatever. Uh, mail it out, 10 people. Uh, go that's over your,
14: that. Well, I call it your statement of existence. Okay. Walk me through that. Statement of existence. Well, well, let's take a component of what you do, and let's identify what the, the, the challenges people would have who you would share your solution with. So what do they have? They're down. They've lost their job. Things don't make sense. They've been real successful, but they have no meaning in life. I don't know what it is. But you come up with five of those. Five things that if you said that to them, they go, how do you know that? How do you know that? Right. How do you know that? And that's what you, how you test it. How do you know that? Wow. That's me. How did you know that? Mm-hmm. And then, you, then below that, you put the title. You don't start with the title. So below that, you list the title. You know, making the right decisions, being smart, thinking smart, hiring smart, whatever that is. And then below that, you define the title in 24 words. Okay, so mine is helping businesses turn teams into enterprises so they create cultures of sustainability. They go, what? If they say what, I got them. I love that. That's how I test my thesis. And then I put the eight concepts that support that program. So if I had enough time, I would have eight concepts, each with a concept, a story, an example and an action statement that could be tied into a keynote or workshop and that's my statement of existence. So if you want to test something and then I mail that out to five to six to seven hundred meeting planners and see what kind of response I get. It's the same way with product, you know, we do product development research. Somebody makes up a demo product, we take it out to a certain number of people, we see what the response is, we come back, we make a decision. It's not going to fly. It is going to fly, but it's got to be adjusted, or it's going to fly, and it's great, and we need to relabel it, or we need to repackage it with something else to make it work. So the companies, significant companies, are doing these things. I learned it because I came up with multiple topics for a single speech. (laughs) You know, and I said, well, I'm going to give you a choice. Which topic do you want? And they would nail certain topics, and I'd go, they're telling me something. That's speaking to them, and the others aren't. So how do I take that one and make it a full case study? That was where Market Quake came from. 2020. It started off as Market Quake, 2010, went to 2015, now it's at 2020, and the subtitle is, uh, "What's coming and what to do about it before it's too late." Bam. And then there's eight concepts underneath it. I mail it out, get the response, and then I call the people that responded, not because I want to book a speaking engagement, but I want to find out. The depth thought, of how it song. engaged sure, them. Sure. What, how, how do they understand the title? Where do they apply the title? What are the needs of their group that mm-hmm. drew them to that title? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's huge. And it creates, It will create a, a – what I call metaphysical, that's because I'm Aristotelian maybe. Metaphysical says you will automatically, psychologically be drawn to fulfill that need if you are coming organically from a place where you have been, but you just haven't been clear about it. Yeah. That is Aristotle. Because we're not <laughs> – when shift. you say shift, none of us – shifting to me is more pivoting. It's not shifting. Mm. In other words, I'm not, the wind shifts, but my boat's pivoting. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, I, all of a sudden, I'm not going to juxtapose myself to another part of the, the, the lake or the river or the ocean. I'm going to have to go from where I'm at. All of us have to move from where we're at. We just can't pick the boat up and walk across the water. So we have to find out where we're at and how we move in shift to where we're going because it's usually something in what we've been doing that leads us to where we're going. Tom Winninger, you are a... Uh, I well, remain Tom Winninger.
0: Tom Winninger. And I remain Tom Winninger. That was Tom Winager, the legend, still remaining Tom Winager. Uh, Hey, I'm sitting with Patrick Allman, chief playmaker with Focus Online Marketing, to talk to us a little bit about technology yes, around sir. marketing because the the marketing expertise, but you do it in a very very specific way and using technology to really get the most in getting your name out there and working with your folks. Welcome.
15: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, so it's good like, to be here. Yeah. Glad to be
0: here. My pleasure. Absolutely, my pleasure. I want you to uh, help us really understand some of the uh, the finer points in in if you had to boil it down when it mm-hmm. comes to marketing using right. technology. Give us a skinny, man. What are the three biggest
15: things that we need to be doing right now to take advantage of technology and marketing? I think the three biggest things that I would really think help us as speakers, because we're all entrepreneurs, things like that, I'm going to narrow it down to probably marketing automation, uh, building your list. And man, online video is just blowing up. And I tell speakers all the time, get a camera, get recording, get your own TV show online. You're going to be way ahead of the curve because most most people are afraid to do online video.
0: Well, the technology is really catching up with the the, the need. Exactly. The the bandwidth and everything Mm -hmm. else.
15: All right, well, let's break it down. Talk about your list. Gotcha. Okay, I talk to a lot of experienced speakers, and one of the things I hear all of the time, when they say when they go back 20, 30, 40 years, and when they say that one of my biggest regrets, the biggest regret I hear every single time is I did not start building my email list from day one. I'm guilty. I hear that all the time, and they say that's if they if they had a time machine, if they had that DeLorean, that's what they would go back and do. So I tell (laughs) That's when you go back in time and you slap yourself. Exactly. Uh, But I was talking to some I was talking to some new speakers recently and they were, they were asking for advice, and that's my that's my first point of advice. For every single new speaker, build the list, build the list, build the list. Because this list is your retirement plan. You're going to be able to sell these people products now, in 10 years, in 20 years, and they're going to be your tribe. They're going to be your biggest fan base, and so start working on that fan base now before you need it. Now I, I hear this all the time uh, mm-hmm. as far as building your list, and we've seen it. We've seen people with these
0: massive amount, numbers, you know, mm-hmm. um, of close, intimate friends. Right. Uh, and serving those people over time is really where it's and that's what you're trying to do is give yourself that time. Give us some tips on how
15: do I build my list. You know, uh, uh, just break it down, down and dirty. How do you build your list? There are a couple of ways and when you don't have a lot of time, which a lot of times as entrepreneurs we don't, one of the things I suggest is come up with something very free and very valuable you can give your list and put that right up on your website either top and center or on the left side or right side and say hey if you give me your email address I'll give you this free book which will have a hundred magical spells from Harry Potter and or something really valuable that people want around your set of expertise. That's of I course, if you're a magician. That. Yeah I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but if you're a magician you may be into that thing as a speaker but just give away something extremely valuable that's a no-brainer for people all they're giving up is their email address it's no big deal that's the easiest and biggest, biggest one I see. Uh, the other one when I say when I I want them to take it to the next level, is I tell them give away maybe a series of lessons. I was talking about video earlier, hmm. maybe give someone a series of 10 video lessons in exchange for their email address. And all you have to do is turn on your camera phone or turn on a very inexpensive camera, record 10 separate videos, get those up on YouTube, and when you, when you get their email address, just send them links to those 10 videos. And you've done it one time, but you can use that for years and years and years. I like the idea that you're offering value for something that I find very important. What in my email, I don't
0: give away too lightly. So I like the fact that I'm thinking of what value can I bring specifically to me to earn that. You know, exchange of of information and become part of uh, become part of the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you set that up on your website? You talk about on, is this is this just for your website uh, mainly for your website or or what are you talking about?
15: Yeah, what I tell people to do it's really simple. It's go to your website if you're using WordPress or something and set up what's called the opt-in form on the right side okay. where you're saying if you give me your email address, I will give you this brilliant set of ten video lessons. That's kind of the the simple and easy way, and I can only really do that on someone's website in like a day or two. For those people that want to be a little bit more aggressive like me, what I tell them to do is also in addition to that, put a pop-in, a pop-up excuse me, on your website that, that pops up after about five seconds that basically blacks out the rest of the website and says, hey. Give me your email address for these 10 great lessons. It's amazing. People find pop-ups annoying, but they work and they're effective. And my goal and everything is to build my list, build my retirement plan so I can sell products to my biggest fans. Now, that's an interesting point because, mm-hmm.
0: you know, we do have that battle of what's annoying these days. And, you know, uh, the, the techniques change so rapidly. So you're doing a pop-up. You're very aggressively going mm-hmm. after their name. I want to give you value, but I'm going to need this exchange. Right. Any, anything that you do to really kind of soften that...
15: Uh, up or you're just saying, look, I know we complain about it, but believe me, it works. Just do it. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the big thing right there. Is um, I, sometimes it feels a little bit weird because I am a marketer, mm-hmm. and so I am very uh, averse to some ma- major marketing techniques like that. And so I personally don't like pop-ups, which is kind of funny. But I do use them on other people. But you're an abuser. Exactly. Do as I do as I say, not as I do. Um, but they work, and I've proven them time and time again. And one of the beauties of internet marketing is I can put out like an. A-B test where I do something uh, maybe without pop-ups and I do it with pop-ups and I see how many more subscriptions I get and time and time again in my test it's been proven that as much as people say they hate pop-ups they fill them out every time. (laughs) Any other tips on building your list? Uh, I would just make sure that whatever you do is extremely valuable and don't and when you're, when, you're talk, when you're warming somebody up from your list, don't work too hard on closing the sale. There, there's a great book out there that talks about the buying life cycle in the real world and it applies online. And the first three steps of it are know, like, trust. You want, you want people to get to know you, like you, and trust you mm-hmm. before you ever come close to selling them anything. If you jump into that sale technique too soon, you're going to blow all of your trust out of the water. So, For example, your first five or six emails may be nothing but free information, free information, free information, and then eventually you might ease into mentioning something you have for sale, like a product or service. But don't do it on that first email or you're going to kill that trust factor.
0: No, like trust. And So you've got a several step plan on giving them, feeding their relationship right. before you start to say by the way if you wanted to go deeper this is available exactly but let's talk a little bit about things that are outside the website mm-hmm. give me give me any ideas that you that you use outside of people your website or how do you drive people to your website give me an example
15: okay as speakers where are, there are times where we're called upon to speak for either like a reduced fee or sometimes in, in a charitable in a charitable way and I use those opportunities and that's another great idea I would like to pass on to speakers is if you ever have to speak for a reduced fee or waive your fee use that as a great opportunity to build your list. And I'll negotiate with a meeting planner for a nonprofit who can't maybe pay my fee one time, I'll say, you know what, okay, I'll do this, I'll defer, I'll waive my fee, but I want the email address of every single person in the room. So I'm going to put my email address, excuse me, I'm going to put my opt-in form on the screen and I'm going to drive every single person in that room to go here to get my freebie so then I can market to them and get some value out of the speaking engagement because you couldn't pay my fee. So I usually like to use my speaking engagement to get people on my list also. Sometimes the long-term value of getting those people on your list may actually exceed your speaking fee. Yeah, absolutely. And not only, you, not only that, you can build that relationship and market to them over 3 months, 6 months and you may have a multi-year relationship with them versus the actual speaking engagement maybe a one time wham bam and you're out of there. Is there anything, you know, they, they say yes we will have you have access to the list. How would you go about approaching that? Uh, I would be very careful to let them know that I'm not interested in spamming them. I am interested in marketing to them and I would, I would go out of my way to make it easy for the members of the audience to get on the list. So I would set up an opt-in form into my you know, Infusionsoft account where Infusionsoft is already basically, they're going to automatically email the freebie to them. And I, was, I would tell them, I will do all the work for you. It's only gonna take me about an hour or two of setup, but this will bring a great value to your audience. So let, me, let me give you the value.
0: Can you, can you walk me through that system? So, so for instance, you're using a program, in your case, Infusionsoft. Right. There's a program that will literally automate the marketing yes. to this particular list. Right? Can you walk me through? How do you build that value? How do you build that trust? What do you say? Give me. Can Can you think of an example and then just walk me through the pieces of that automation?
15: Gotcha. Uh, to get those people to go. Yep, I'm in. I want to hang with you, Patrick. Gotcha. So, for example, one of the things I'll do when I know I have a speaking engagement coming up is I'll spend some time in Infusionsoft. That's That's the tool I choose to use, and I will actually draw out my marketing path. Mm-hmm. I will drag and drop. Here's an email. Here's a three day wait. Here's an email. Here's a three day wait. And I'll get that visually laid out and then I'll go back and basically look back to what I originally offered them and I will basically go into each email and I'll type up each email just like I'm typing to them personally. And that's one of the key things about email marketing is don't make it too frilly with the nice borders and the banners and the emails. Write your emails and your email marketing just like it was me writing to you directly one on one. And it's amazing because even though it's automated, people think it's coming from a real person, even if it's three o'clock in the morning. And so I go through each one of those emails, I build that trust the same way I would build that trust if you and I were sitting here and talking or if I was emailing you personally every three days and then I make sure I have links in there to the videos or to the freebies that I promised you and eventually I would build up that trust to the point where maybe after five or six emails I would start to hit it from the sales side a little bit and say, by the way, you know those previous four emails I sent you, all that great free information, well guess what, here's this one $99 product that solves all of your woes for the past 50 years, why don't you click on here to buy it. Hopefully, by the time they've gotten to that email, though, I've built up the trust and they're a little bit more likely to click on that link. You
0: also mentioned uh, the use of video when it comes to technology and marketing, uh, and, and the bandwidth is really catching up with us. This technology is really important. Give us. Give us some tips on how to use video to really get our name out there. I
15: I tell businesses all the time that it's very easy for you to set up your own TV station online, but I think this is especially important as public speakers. Public speaking and presenting is a visual art form. One of the ways, one of the reasons that people hire us is by seeing demo videos and seeing our other work online. And so I tell every single speaker to basically set up their own personal TV station on the internet. And that just involves going to YouTube and creating an account and starting to upload videos. So I tell people, go out and buy an inexpensive camera. You can get some great cameras for under $500. Set it up in your house with some halfway decent lighting. It doesn't have to be great and start recording. And in this day and age, I even tell people, forget about buying the camera with well, all of us having Android phones and Apple iPhones in our pockets, we've all got halfway decent video cameras in our pockets. People tell me all the time, I can't record video, I can't record video, and I blow away every single excuse. I just tell them, quit whining, quit giving me excuses, get started. <laughs> quit whining and just exactly. do it. Exactly. Now,
0: now, okay, so let's say they, they, they record video. Right. Uh, how do I use it? How do I use it to
15: market? What I do is, um, is uh, you. We've heard in the past couple of years that blogging is so important. Mm-hmm. We'll use video the same way. If you're going to blog for a couple of hours a week, instead of blogging one week, maybe set up your camera with your lighting and record what I call a video blog, mm-hmm. where you where as opposed to typing up your topic, you talk to the camera about it and then you say, Hey, this week on Patrick's Tip, I have a video series on the internet, for example, called Three and Five, Three Tips in Five Minutes, where I will look at the camera, I'll show a five-minute timer, I'll say, Here, here's three online marketing tips in five minutes and I talk to the camera for five minutes and right at five minutes I cut it off and I say thanks for watching, tune in again next week. That goes up on my YouTube channel and then I share that all over social media. I actually share that back on my regular blog also and that just goes in place of like a long write-up text blog which most people normally have. Give us a wrap-up wrap up those three ideas Okay, those three tips again were get started on your email list as soon as possible Don't regret it like some of the older speakers have get started with marketing automation and learn more about how to use marketing automation to make your small business seem like a big business And of course get on the internet as soon as possible Start your own TV station by going to YouTube and creating an account and use your smartphone or use by an inexpensive Video camera to get your videos up on the internet as soon as possible if you use those three tips you will be well ahead ahead of your competition. Patrick, thank you so
0: much. Great ideas to grow your business, especially around automation, technology, and marketing. I appreciate your
15: time. My pleasure, sir.
0: You'll hear it over and over again that if you want to have a great business, you've got to rock the platform. So we're going to take a moment to focus on a little stagecraft. Our guest Giovanni Lavera, CSP, CPAE is one of the legend showmen in our industry. And he's going to take a little bit of time to show us how he works his messages through storyboard. Now I'm going to give you a heads up. This is one of those sessions that is better seen than heard. So if you're listening to it on the audio go ahead and just soak in what he has to say but then get yourself to an opportunity to watch it visually he's going to show you his storyboard he's going to walk you through the process and you're it's it makes much more sense when you see it so you can see it by either downloading the app and watching it on your handheld device or looking at the digital version of speaker magazine and go to the voices of experience page and you can download it there but I really recommend that after listening to this program to really seek it out and watch it. Giovanni Oliveira, Experience King. You know, And everything that you do is created, and it's created on purpose. And I wanted you to share with us about storyboarding, how you take the ideas and actually plan it out before you ever get in front of an audience and change your lives.
10: Absolutely. Where where did the storyboard come from? Walt Disney was the one who inspired me. Uh, I think that's the earliest uh, that we know in modern-day entertainment would be Walt Disney. The pixels, uh, one one, uh, scene to the next, uh, showing uh, the scene, sketching it out. That was where I got inspired to do it. The storyboarding that big story yes, the big wall yes yes I built an 18 foot long storyboard wall in my studio where I uh, can map out my uh, speeches I can map out my books I can map out events I can map out uh, uh, a speech program.
0: I really want you to help us kind of think through how you storyboard, and you use the analogy of, uh, of wires on a, uh, the, going down a highway, you know, the, the telephone wires. Tell us about that analogy. Yeah, the
10: telephone poles. Uh, well, if you imagine a, a country road in your mind, you're so far out in the country, the telephone poles out there only have two wires on them going down the road. One wire is your message, and the other wire is your unique style because you're different from me and different from Michael, and so uh, you want your, uh, the folks to be able to receive the message through your style. Now, if I was to map out many speakers that I see, we might see this big telephone pole at the beginning where it's from the powerhouse and we begin, and it's there's a big sag in the message. And oh, wait a minute, we need a little more support here. We need a little more support, and so. The is, post, is the sag is a sag what what is the sag The sag is, is an energy level is the, the sag, a sag of The sag is lack of audience impact moments Okay audience impact moments where the audience is impacted through your style mm-hmm. right to the message aims audience impact moments it it points to the message uh, so a statistic a visual, a joke, a music cue, a story, the multiple methods, audience participation, games, puzzles, they support the message all the way through. So that's that's the first thing to think about is that we need many, there are many different methods to support the message. Now, what I did, Michael, as I started to color code with... With three by five cards, I started. Anytime it was something funny, I, I would use you know yellow, for example. Anything that was a moment of the heart, I would use red. If I was using technology, right, in any form, whether it was an audio cue or or a video or a PowerPoint slide, I use blue. Mm-hmm. And if I was to map out many speakers, I would see green, blue, green, blue, green, message slide, message slide, <laughs> message slide, message slide, finale, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, well, here's an example. All right, so here's, here's a, a quick storyboard. I wanted to be able to take it from this 18 foot long, right. you know, monstrosity and make it practical, something that you can do, like right now, okay? So you get a poster board and you slice it in half and you tape it together, all right? Now, uh, now we have four panels. In <laughs> the way that I do it, this, this becomes my inventory. I chose uh, content to equal green, uh, a, a technology and audiovisual or special visuals, I did sure. blue. Uh, so anything that was fun or humorous or a story, I used uh, yellow, audience participation, purple, and I use this hot pink here for moments of the
0: heart, <laughs> right? Uh, or high emotion, high emotion. I love the idea that everything has a color and now you've got your palette to work with yes. and you've got your acts or if you will, or you're, you're going to take them somewhere and you know what you're trying to accomplish at the end and now it's time to put it together and you, you said something about the supports along the way you said things about you know we're building on purpose uh, in certain areas so walk us through sort of that 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 philosophy from beginning to end i've got my
10: three sections a beginning mm-hmm. section the, the middle section of my speech the end of my speech i might want to have some some running a, a running uh, piece here, one, two, and three. Maybe these three link together in a special way, and I can see it when I can see the whole picture. If like, I see in a script, I wouldn't be able to see it that sure. way. I'd have to make a, a great imagination leap to get there. Here, I can get very artistic with it. Mm-hmm. I could say, "Well, gosh, maybe this goes here," or I could say, "Why, well, you know what? This piece here actually links with this piece here," and I could and I put it together in a yeah, new way. Wrong spot. I can I can, I can move it around. Yeah. I can play. There's no messing around. I can get right to it. We're
0: getting too emotional too early. Right. We're not building. So you can see it right. and, and adjust accordingly.
10: And I can I can also see with this I can think about it as sheet music. Mm-hmm. Where there's ups and downs. I got to the roller coaster. So here I'm building up 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 and I come back down. I build up 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 come down. That was just a choice, right? I might want to open big right up here. Open big, right? Mm-hmm. Now some speeches I open small. But that's
0: a choice. You don't always have to open big. Some people say, oh, you've got to open big, close big. Now, I love how you have, in this particular example, you've got audience participation, you've got a game, you've ended with content, and then the flow drops again with a story that has heart. I'm looking at the colors here. Right. You're throwing in a story that has heart to bring the energy down again so that you can rebuild again.
10: These are choices that you get to make. You get to
0: decide. These aren't rules. They're choices. This would be great on an app. How come uh, I, I'm, I'm almost sure it is? So why do you like using this as opposed to technology? Putting well, you it on know, there's app? there's some
10: uh, storyboard programs out there, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we p- people have used uh, uh, technology. I, uh, for me, I, the screen is very limiting. I can only see so so much. I don't Here, know what phone you're using. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or phone? Oh yeah, phone. I can only see so much if yep. I was going to put on an app. Sure, you could. I'm not saying you couldn't do it. All mm-hmm. right, this is this is one that's approachable for everybody, and. Uh, the kinesthetic value of moving things quickly, seeing the whole timeline from beginning to end, I think
0: is very valuable. And I think that's the benefit of a storyboard. So you get it out of your head. You give everything colors. You look at it visually and and see where the ups and the downs are, where your content goes in, how you're going to support it with audience participation, where the points are being driven. Are you building a crescendo? Did you start with the end in mind? Yes. Um, Yes. And absolutely fantastic. Gio, no wonder you're a master. You make it look so easy, though. That's the the thing the. It's fun.
10: You You gotta have fun being an artist with it. Get out there, get get your poster board, cut it in half, put it together, get you some sticky pads, and get to work.
16: Hi, I'm Terry Brock reporting for Voices of Experience. And you know, as speakers, we really want to connect with our audiences. There's a lot of ways to do that. And technology has now given us a way that you can get information from people that you want so that you can stay connected to them even better. One of those technologies is called Kiwi Live, and it's so amazing what it can do for speakers that I wanted to do a special for you on Voices of Experience so you can see it. And to do that, we've got the creator and the president, head, hot show, hi, whoop de doo poo guy with Kiwi Live, Jeff Mason, who's joining us right now. Jeff, thanks for being with us.
11: Hey Terry, my absolute pleasure to
16: be here today. You've got a tool there that is really good, and not only that, we also want to bring in someone who is using it, one of our own, a speaker, and it's the one and only lovely and beautiful and very talented Peguin, joining us from her offices up in Jacksonville, Florida. Peguin, thanks for being with us.
4: Thank you for having me, I'm excited.
16: Yeah, this is going to be fun. So I'm figuring what we're going to do is we want to show what the technology is and then Pagin, you can show us how you're using it in real world applications to do a wonderful thing called make money. And that is a good thing to do. So Jeff, tell us a little bit about what Kiwi Live is. Kind of give us a capsule, a Reader's Digest summary of what it is and how it's being used now.
11: Yeah, Kiwi Live is all about enabling dialogues at live events. So the goal in that dialogue is to end up with the speaker having the contact information of the audience members that are uh, are listening to them and loving what they're talking about so we're really about finding a way to use technology to pass that information back and forth it's incentive-based so most speakers will give away a little freebie uh... in exchange for somebody's email address and so the beauty of it is that uh, it's a win-win the audience walks away with the resources that they wanted instantly the uh, presenter walks away with the contact information that they wanted.
16: Yeah, it sounds good. So it's a, a win-win all the way around. And Pagin, looking over on your side, as a speaker who is using it right now, how have you used this in uh, the real world applications where you've uh, been out speaking?
4: Well, I used it in a couple of ways. One is that every speech, I actually um, have a PowerPoint slide that I have Kiwi Live with an arrow pointing where they had to put their name and my name, and I keep it up behind me. Uh, So that's one way that I've been using it, and it's been really successful, especially when I've been speaking in venues where they do not want you to promote.
16: Ah, yes, we know those Uh, kind of things can happen. So what you're doing now is you're giving them real value and saying, well, I'm giving this value, yet at the same time, it's promoting.
4: Right, and and it's not attached to me from their perspective. In other words, it's not saying go to pigging.com and you'll get these free downloads. Fill in the form and you're going to get that. What I say and what they feel is I'm saying go to Kiwi Live, I've already put some free things for you, some books that I've mentioned, um, you know, and, and and some quotes for you. Just go to KiwiLive.com. They're great. Put Go to Kiwi. Go to my name and put it down it's yeah. fabulous. Now, and it connects the, the
16: challenges. Uh, so it connects the people uh, to you in a real good way. And let me, as a matter of fact, go over to Jeff, because one of the things that has come up here is people have said, well, wait a minute, what if we speak and I'm going to use terrybrock.com slash ABC Company? Or if I'm yep. speaking for ABC Company, it seems like, well, gee, I can do that technically already. What, what are some of the benefits there that I would get from Kiwi Live? Jeff, what would you uh, say to that?
11: Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, I'd first say that, you know, if that is important to you, if you want to put it, uh, maintain uh, some brand integrity, certainly I recognize that's a concern. And we can put our stuff on your page now. So that's always an option. Um, but I think what Pagin is touching on is that there's some value in keeping it separate there's some value in saying hey this isn't as innocuous as saying hey go to Facebook and and find me um, something like that but it makes that process easier the other things we we go to great links to make sure that you know it's mobile friendly to make sure there's no distractions on the page to make sure that the process flow is easy for the audience so certainly these are things uh, if you want to go to those same links and put something on your website you can use a sign up form I'm not saying that you know that there's never been a way to do this before what I'm saying is I think that uh, this is one of the smoothest ways and uh, um, you know we can we can do some additional stuff to like polling and question and answer and that sort of stuff too um, so we have some additional capabilities for sure
16: very nice so it's got a lot of those features packed in there and Pagin you were talking about some of the ways that you're using right now matter of fact I'm, I'm gonna let you get away without showing us that little sign you put together uh, if you have that <laughs> you have that heavy we were looking at just before that you show people there it is. Oh, look at that. So it's kiwi live.com and kiwi pagine. So we're able to do that. And I like the way you say that, pagine, because really what you're doing is you're using that for people to see. So, what are some of yeah. the practical applications you've seen where it benefits, pagine, when you're speaking?
4: Well, I, I do want to just say one thing about Jeff's, about kiwi live um, regarding your branding and marketing is that in the process, the moment that they take out their cell phone and they put in Go to the Kiwi Live. Put in. They're getting all of my information immediately. They're getting my websites, my contact information, my Facebook, my Twitter, instantaneously. Plus the gifts, and it's not like they're just getting the gifts. They're getting my contact information, and it could go right into their phone as a contact, which has been great because when we talk about referrals, when we talk about um, having people in the audience being able to say, "I saw a great speaker." They have our contact information immediately, and it's not from a promotional piece.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point.
4: From a market, yeah, it's really it's 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 wonderful, and it takes away um, some of the angst of our planners, the people that are bringing us in, that it sounds like we're promoting ourselves.
16: Yeah, that's a good point. We want to see some of uh, Kiwi Live right there on the screen. So, Jeff, I think you've got a way now with this wonderful tool called Skype here to let us see your screen. Can you share your screen with us, please? And give us just a few little tips here on Kiwi Live, what it is, and how this works.
11: Sure thing. Is it coming through okay for you guys? Not yet. There, now we see it on the screen. Okay, beautiful. So um, what I'm gonna show you here is just the typical audience workflow. So um, if I'm a speaker, um, let's just pretend I'm, I'm a speaker, I'm gonna use the keyword Jeff. Um, so I might say something, and every speaker tweaks this. But I might say something like, "Hey, I'd love to give you all this stuff, this great stuff today. Uh, it's available for you instantly here at KiwiLive.com. Go ahead and put in my keyword Jeff." So they're gonna, you give them some time to pull out their mobile devices, uh, go ahead and pull up Kiwi Live and connect to the keyword Jeff. That's what I'm doing now, and then they're gonna be prompted with this information form. Um, so this is totally up to you to tweak as far as what you wanna ask and what is required and optional, but um, definitely the email is a big deal here. So they're gonna take a second just to fill out their name and email. Uh, a lot of speakers will use another one of our custom questions to say, hey, I'd love to know what was your big takeaway from the speech today? That can be a great piece of feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would
16: be good. So gonna- they click on that and that connects them and then yep. uh, they get the uh, information. Is it download there? What where do, What do we have
11: here? that's right so after they click that get connected button they're gonna to come to your profile page where as Pegine mentioned all your contact information your social media is sitting uh... in addition they have uh... access to whatever free resources you want to give them anything that you can upload we can do uh, you can also link back to products here and, and the beauty of this is they can download it right there then and there on their phone but it's also going to come immediately to them in an, in an email so if they want to get back to their hotel uh, to get back to their laptop and then download the stuff it's sitting there ready ready and waiting a second touch point for them.
16: I love it Jeff that's a uh, really good stuff well then as we wrap up here Pagin I know you've done these kinds of things also you've worked with that and, and use it what do you see what would you say to the speaker we've just got a couple of seconds here but to the speaker that's watching that thinking okay i'm thinking about this speaker to speaker what would you tell them begin
4: use it it's amazing it has made our world better bigger um, people love it they love it a lot and we've been able to engage um and segment the groups that are coming in which has another feature of jeff's thing that i can go in and i could segment okay this is this speech this is that speech and i can look at those numbers so i'm able to reach out to people uh, and it's a, we make business cards now. Instead of giving business cards, I'll give these out. I, I don't know if you can see them.
16: Uh, let's see, something looks like it's in Spanish. We, di- you gotta, <laughs> we didn't see it there, we kind got to hold up for a moment, but let say get uh, free Pagin's personal development gifts. And so you yeah. have that, give that out to them. That's an excellent idea.
4: Well, Super. the reason is that sometimes people can't bring out their phones fast enough. If they're over the age of 40, they don't move as fast as a 22 year old that doesn't listen to the rules to put away their phones. Um, so we give the card and they take it home and they can do it. I just, it makes them happy to get the gifts, it makes me happy to get the email, and anybody that's in marketing and sales for your speaking business should be using something like this.
16: Absolutely, sounds really good. Well, begin, thank you very much for that. And Jeff, any words in closing uh, that you would say to speakers?
11: No, I've just been thrilled that uh, I'm able to continue to help them, and, and obviously we want to continue to make the tool better, so if you have any suggestions, ideas, one of the things uh, Kiwi Live lives on is great ideas from, uh, from our clients. So thank you for the support, and uh, we continue to make it better for you.
16: You bet. And the website they go to to get information on this is? KiwiLive.com And we can spell that also, please, so we make sure everybody hears that in uh, different places.
11: Absolutely, K-I-W-I, the word live, L-I-V-E dot com. Excellent,
16: that way we got it for both audio and video, and uh, Pagin, thank you very much for holding that sign up that right there. I love the way of doing it. Well, it is an honor for me to have both of you on here. On behalf of everyone that's listening to this, thank you too for being here. And for those of you watching this and listening to it, this is a tool that we want you to look into. Think about it, see what is available, and if it fits for you. Reporting for Voices of Experience, this is Terry Brock.
0: I am sitting and speaking with Sarah Whitton, Amy Crocker, and Charlotte Rayburn. And they are the team that make up the Standard Ovation, which is a speaker management company. And in fact, they focus just on handling a few speakers, helping them grow their business and be the best. But the nice thing I like about you ladies is that you have worked in the bureau business for quite a long time, have an eclectic, uh, different approach to the speaker business from the management side, from the broker side. And I'd love to tap into that expertise in the area of growing your business. So how can I, as a speaker, help bureaus, help meeting planners, help me? <laughs> um, so Sarah, down and dirty, if you had to say, speaker, do these things to help me help you, what would you say?
1: I would say the biggest thing from that I will offer today, I have a list, is marketing. Make sure that you are completely up to date and that your website is a reflection of your storefront. Make sure that you have a demo video that is current and relevant. If you could have three topics that you're focused on, have a demo video that shows every single topic that you offer. You strive Mm -hmm. for word of mouth marketing being the most crucial part of what you do, meaning create something that's buzzworthy. Make a focus and show why you're an expert. I mean, you are a performer as a speaker. So if you have the content, show why your delivery and the way that you present yourself is something that is crucial for a meeting planner to hire you. Give a reason for a bureau person to find you versus you calling them and telling them why you're so wonderful and terrific. Create something that shows that you're relevant within your focused industry and your topic and create something that gives people a reason to talk about you, share with their friends, share with their colleagues, talk about you at other events and conferences. Make what you do something live that can give you viral information and reasons to keep the communication alive with your audience. Give them nuggets that are worthy and relevant to their lives as an emotional standpoint to get their their heart. Warm and fuzzies in their hearts and make them laugh. Laughter is the best medicine. It always sticks with people. And then, of course, give them the reason why you're there. Some kind of thought-provoking, why you're in the expertise that you are in. Show them why you are who you are and why they should listen to what you have to say.
0: So the video is still the most important piece of marketing.
1: It is your storefront. People have to sell you, whether it's the bureau person or their meeting planner to their committees or... Whomever, people have to buy into you. And even if somebody comes with the highest recommendation, I saw this speaker, they wowed my pants off. The other person that may be the decision maker hasn't seen you, so show them that and capture it in a video. And do not give a shock if you are a $5,000 speaker or if you're a $20,000 speaker. Eliminate the shock value. Make your marketing pieces show what you're worth.
0: I love that idea that my marketing materials should eliminate the shock value of my pricing what is my video doing to help me achieve that how is my website aiding as a selling tool for those that are trying to represent me excellent let's shift gears to amy amy so what would you have me do
3: i would say the most important thing that you can do stop thinking of yourself as a speaker Start thinking of yourself as an expert on your topic. The majority of buyers in today's world are not trying to hire just a speaker. They want someone who is uniquely poised to come in and address their specific problems, challenges, to promote new ways of thinking uh, that they might not have been able to do internally. Um, I think the best way that you can do that is to create content that can be found out on the web. You need to be writing a book. If you haven't written a book, you are like 10,000 other speakers on your topic. You need to write a book every couple of years. If you can't write a book, you need to at least have a blog that you're keeping updated. At least a couple of two or three times a week would be great. If you can't do a blog and keep up on that, write an article every few months, maybe once a quarter. Write an article, white papers, do some blogging. You're more comfortable on video than, than actually the written word. So anything that shows that you are an expert, that people can find on the web, something that I need you to do.
0: So brush up that resolution to be that writer, get that information out on the web, be consistent about it and be seen. Okay. How about you, Charlotte? What is that one thing you would tell me?
3: Okay. Here is my biggest suggestion. It's your next speaking engagement, whether it's beforehand or after, get out and mingle with some of the attendees. Ask them, did you enjoy my speech? Did you find it useful? Did you gain information that you could use on your job or with yourself? And ask them if they would consider recommending you to somebody that they know that could benefit from hearing you speak, whether it's a friend, a colleague, a sister company, anything. Because asking for referrals will get you more business bottom line and then try to get at least three to five business cards you know maybe three is a good number if you get five or more great and then either give it to your manager give it to the bureau agent and have them follow up with the person and you know
0: i think this is really important because the people that we know that really knock it out of the park very good at what i call bird dogging they really take all the hard work that they put into this event and make it into three (laughs) <laughs> right. because right. they love you. They, these people have tasted it, and they want, they, they want more, so you got to help them get it.
3: Yeah, and also, if you don't follow up with the person, it might not ever happen, because if they're on a committee with other people, other people might say, oh, no, 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 I've got the perfect person. And then the person that you've been dealing with you know that business card, just says, okay, we'll, we'll go with your person. But if you, the speaker, follow up, with that connection, then they're more likely to remember you, think of you, and chime your name in to the committee.
0: So there you have it. These are the ladies that are in the trenches and know what they're talking about. They're looking for sales support from you. What are you doing with your materials to help them sell you? What are you doing to stay relevant and visible online so that they show you as a subject matter expert? And what are you doing to create relationships so that they have something to talk about and a way to get back to you during and after the event? Words of wisdom, ladies. I really appreciate your time. Shep, brand new year, baby.
7: I'm excited just thinking of, it. And it really is a brand new year at a number that of That is not a metaphor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is not a metaphor. You know, you, uh, you have always been a person that has pushed being intentional about your success. You say it a lot. I really like that phrase, being intentional about your success. If you had a couple of things that you were to say, growing your business, being successful intentionally, what would you focus on?
7: Well, there's, there's a couple of things. Number one, obviously, being intentional means you, you have a plan. And someone once said, success doesn't usually happen by accident. In other words, it's planned. It doesn't just fall in your lap. People say luck is preparation meeting opportunity. <laughs> and so one of the things that I've been doing for many, many years is actually since the very beginning of my my career, when I saw Zig Ziglar in a seminar called "I'll See You at the Top," See and I bought I bought the cassette tapes, and <laughs> and I I learned about goal setting. But more intentional than that, I actually use a template that was given to me by my coach Dan Sullivan from the Strategic Coach, and I write down ten goals that I want to achieve. And by the way, I do a a quarterly focus, and I look at my goals daily, if not weekly, but. For the big year's goals, I have a big sheet, and you open it up, it's 11 by 17, and it's got my 10 goals down on the left, and then it has a little box for why these goals are important, what my goal is for the first 90 days or the first quarter, and then what my results are after the first quarter, and then it repeats itself, what are the goals for the second quarter, results of the second, goals for the uh, third quarter, and they all tie into each one of these 10 goals. Am I making sense with this? It's oh, like,
0: absolutely. I love, I love how you connect the why to your goals too. You know, that giving that reason why we're focusing on this. Absolutely. Like,
7: so if you don't know the why, why even have the goal? Mm-hmm. Hey, I wanna do 40 speeches. I wanna do 140 speeches. So why is that important? Well, there's two reasons. Number one, obviously it's income. Number two, I recognize that if I'm out there 140 times, the likelihood of being invited back, to a number of these engagements or getting referrals will help fuel next year's 140 times that I want to speak. So there's always a very specific reason behind the goal. It's not just here's a goal. It would be nice to get there. So that that's that's a very intentional way of looking at things.
0: Now, you have a phrase every year should be better than the last. What does that mean? Yes.
7: Yes. And that is a great way to think of things every year should be and ideally every day should be better than the last but that's a little bit too uh, much of a micromanagement but at the end of it all if you look at your year and you look back at what happened and you say you know what i had a great year Next year is going to be even better. And next year can be better. And it might be in the form of revenues. It could be in the form of time off that you take and and you have a better year as a result of the time. It could be just you're happier, you're healthier. It doesn't always have to be tied. If you know me, I'm very focused on business. It doesn't have to be tied just to business. It can be a better year due to almost anything. So on my 10 goals, the first two or three goals are completely personal, and and I'll tell you what they are. Number one, it's my health goals, Uh, and and that falls into one category, health. How many days a week I want to work out. My goal is to work out at least five times a week, and tied to that is I want to hit a certain weight in that. The next set of goals is a set of personal goals that's tied to time off how many days I want to take off, and within that, how many little mini vacations or even longer vacations that I want to take. I have a third goal that's focused on my family and my relationship with my kids. And it's oh, yeah. the fourth through the ninth goal that are all focused on how, my, how many speeches I want to do, how much product I want to sell, how many training dates do I want my trainers out there, how much uh, how much online learning do we want to sell, and things that really are tied to my business, and they're very financially and numbers metric oriented. And then the final 10th goal is what I want my net worth to be at the end of the year. So those are, without giving you the actual true specifics of all of that, because that would bore people to tears, I think, (laughs) that's how I have my goals set up.
0: That's fantastic. Talk to me a little bit, let's wrap it up by saying what happened the last year and how we can repeat the last year or the last 10 years. What successful happened last year that we can repeat this year or the last 10 years?
7: That's one of my very favorite exercises to work on. Again, I go back to my coach, Dan Sullivan, who taught this to me many years ago. And when I did this, I thought this is probably the most important thing I've ever done from the standpoint of my coach talk to me about business growth. So he said, how long have you been in business? And at the time I jumped in uh, with the strategic coach, I was probably in business about 17 years. He says, well, give me the milestones that have happened over the last 17 years just pick four or five really important things that took you to the next level and i started thinking about it and i went back and i looked at gosh i hired my first assistant there was a particular client that i ended up getting an engagement from that turned into lots of business anyway several of these things and he says okay look at them what can you repeat or what did you do that was successful that you no longer do today of the four or five that I was able to put on that list of milestones, I realized that I could repeat at least three, if not four of those. And that was what one of my goals was, is to try to repeat some of those milestones. For example, I hired an assistant and it just freed me up to do so much more. Well, one of the big time uh, things that take a a bunch of time in my business is the phone calls that I was making to my clients, just calling people, trying to check in, finding out if they're interested and even cold calling. And I thought, well, I hired a person to just give me more time to do that. What if I hired a person to make those calls for me, which would really give me a lot more time to do other things such as write or focus on more, um, you know, deeper client relationships with people. It wouldn't be a cold call or a soft call, it would be something much more tangible and I hired another person (laughs) and guess, wow. So what I would say is is this, at the end of every year, I take a look at the last year and I say, what can I do again that happened in the last year? I also take a look back at my milestones to see if I'm focused on doing and repeating the good things that made those happen. But what in the last year did I do that I could repeat again this year that would add to my success? Every year should be better than the last. (laughs)
0: Before we wrap up this month, let me encourage you to get the digital versions of VOE, whether it's the free downloadable app or from the Digital Speaker Magazine VOE page. You'll find more and more video versions of these segments. Okay, to wrap up this month, let's have a cup of Hoff, which is basically me sharing my thoughts on the topic of the day. Ah, it's New Year's and that means New Year's resolutions. I love what Shep was sharing about how he approaches his year intentionally. And it's, well, that way with all of us who really want to be successful. I'm losing weight. I'm booking more. I'm going to reach this level of business. I'm going to see Mount Fuji. (laughs) Whether your goal is personal or business, this is the time we seem to bring them up again. And the joke goes that I'm good on my New Year's resolution for about a week and then the donuts kick in. Well, I've been guilty of that. It seems to me that the joke, resolutions are jokes, is getting louder and louder, and the verbiage of I'm resolving not to resolve this year is being said more and more. Well, that's my cup's focus for this month. Let's not do that. Let's not fall into the trap of, just because I know I may stumble in my resolution that I shouldn't make any at all, you can't get to your destinations without a destination. A resolution isn't the map. It's a dedication. I say make your New Year's resolutions. Put them on the fridge. Think them out and make them challenging. Write them with dry erase markers on your mirrors and see them every day. And then make your map. You, my friend, will drop the ball when aiming for something significant. But when you pick it up, you're never at zero. Keep moving. Keep packing your idea bag with ideas and actions and move it forward. Here's to a great 2015. I'm Michael Hoffman. We'll talk to you next month.
16: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top
3: business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.